and welcome to mini episode 151 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from October the 28th, 2021. And story number one comes from Amanda. When I was a kid, probably six or seven, I was playing in my bedroom with my sister. We were sitting on the floor with a small blanket on the floor next to us. Mid-play, the blanket was lifted into the air by an unseen force, probably three feet and fell down next to us. It almost looked like someone was trying to spread the blanket out over a bed, lift it up, flicked outward and floated down. Both of us tore out of my room as fast as we could, screaming all the way down the stairs for our mom. That was the only experience I had in that house. Years later, when I was in my 20s, I was at work. I worked as a sales associate at a small feed cowboy wear shop. I was standing at the counter going over our orders that I needed to put in for stock. The counter was a U-shaped counter with file cabinets at the back of the U and just enough space for one person to walk past the cabinets and around the counter to get out to the rest of the store. Anyway, I was inside the U-shaped counter, near the walkthrough area. I was the only one in the downstairs area of the store at the time. My co-workers were upstairs or in the back area. I was fully focused on my order sheet when something firmly grabbed the back of my calf. It startled the hell out of me. I immediately thought one of the guys from the back somehow snuck up and reached around the corner to scare me. I darted around the corner expecting to see him hiding on the other side and I was ready to kick some ass for him scaring me. No one was on the other side of the counter. No one was on the same floor as me. I told my co-workers and my manager and the ones who had worked there for a long time said that wasn't the first time something unexplainable happened at the store. It was thought that that store was haunted. Boots would be tossed off the display shelves periodically and other weird shit like that. I'd worked there for a year before hearing about this and stayed working there for another two years before going on maternity leave. Nothing else super weird happened to me during that time. Before working at the cowboy shop, I worked at a horse stable I also lived here in the apartment above the barn. I am very much a horsey gal, and being 19, just moved away from home, it was perfect. I was able to bring my horses with me to live there. I had an indoor arena to work my horses in after I'd finished my day mucking stalls, tossing hay, handling horses, etc. This particular day, I'd finished my day of work. All of the boarded horses and my boss's horses were in the stalls for the evening. It was about 7pm, or just before, and mid-fall, so it was beginning to get dark outside. I was the only one on the property, as my boss and my roommate were in town for dinner. I had my horse all tacked up, and was in the arena getting her warmed up on the lunge line. That's where you ask the horses to go around you in circles on a 25-foot lead. There were no TVs upstairs, no radio on, nothing, just me and the horses. While lunging my horse, I thought I had seen someone pass by the doors to the arena. I thought this was strange, as I had not heard anyone pull up, and the big door to the barn had not made a noise. It was nearly impossible to open and shut this huge steel door without making some sort of noise, but I figured somehow I must not have heard them and I would say hi when I was done with my horse. I was a little weirded out about it for some reason. Something just felt off and I couldn't shake it. A few seconds later, I heard what sounded like someone whistling a children's lullaby song. I stopped my horse to listen better. 
and the whistling continued. I couldn't figure out what the tune was, but it definitely sounded like something of a lullaby. My horse was perked right up listening with me, and all of the horses on the other side of the wall were quiet. Strangely quiet. Usually some of them were pawing or snorting or something, but they were dead quiet. I decided I had to check what was going on and see if someone was there. I tidied up my horse and walked down the hall and rounded the corner to the aisle where the horses were stalled. The whistling stopped. No one was there. No one was in the feed room. No one in any stall. I looked outside in the parking lot and my truck was the only one there. I was still all alone. I double checked the radio to make sure I had turned it off earlier and it was totally unplugged. I put my horse away and noped right out of there until my roommate returned for the evening. I have no idea what or who passed by the arena door and I'm still freaked out about who was whistling the lullaby. As far as I know, I'm the only one to have experienced anything there. It was 2010 and my daughter was about a year old. So we had toddler toys all over the place in her room and in the living room. I'd put her to bed and was in the living room reading. One of her toys, a ride-on Sesame Street bus with Big Bird, Cookie Monster, etc. on it, was sat in the corner across from me. The ride-on bus made engine noises. The horn beeped and it played a tune when the buttons were pressed. Suddenly it started making noise, startling me half to death. I figured it was shorting out or something and took the batteries out so that it didn't wake up my daughter. A few days went by and again I was sitting in the living room. Later at night, probably 10 or so, and my partner was also there this time. The bus had been moved to my daughter's room at some point, and we both heard a noise, like a horn beeping, and a toy engine starting. Her bus is the only toy we had that made those sounds. I ran to her room and I shit you not, there it was making noise and flashing lights in her dark little room, with no batteries in it. That bus quickly got chucked the fuck outside and ended up in the dump. I'm not sure what to make of all the weird shit that has happened in my life, but I love ghost stories and I'm definitely a believer in the paranormal. Amanda, I would be too. What with the blanket floating up in the air and I can just see it as if someone had grabbed the corners and fluffed it out in order to put it out over a bed. I I don't know what to tell you about that one. Uh, Working in a cowboy wear shop, I know it's very, very common in lots of parts of America, but it just sounds like something from a movie to me and I and I understand it's also like an agricultural shop which we have loads of here too but calling it a cowboy wear shop oh just 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 sounds so cool to me but something firmly grabbing the back of your calf sounds less cool to me to be honest and it sounds like that store was most definitely haunted and then you've got whatever was whistling lullabies at you in those stables no that's the worst thing about all of those stories that you've sent in There's something so sinister about a grown adult or anything that you can't see. Something paranormal whistling in the first place and then whistling lullabies. That's not going to put you to sleep, man. That's going to do the opposite. And if it does put you to sleep, it's going to give you nightmares. So I don't know what the object of whistling lullabies would be. To be honest, I know nothing about horses. I've never been on a horse. I've never obviously owned a horse. I don't know anything about them. But I have heard from other people that horses are very sensitive and very in tune with their surroundings. So if they all stopped and were listening or watching whatever this was, I would be shitting myself for sure. I think that's it's always that that 
curse of validation isn't it like you kind of don't want it to be real but then you see the animals around you responding to whatever it was you're hearing and it just definitely would make it a million times worse for me I think and strain number two comes from indigo several members of my family are gifted I don't want to say psychic because everyone has their own idea of what psychic means and oftentimes there's a negative connotation to that word like sure you are you're just making shit up Or, I don't believe in those things, that's the devil's work. All bullshit if you ask me. Anyway, several of us are gifted, including myself. I can feel when a space I am in is being haunted, and at times, depending on what it is, I can hear them. I can also feel whether or not that being is malicious, or at least I've been able to in the past. I've had several experiences, but I'll share only a few, which brings me to the first one that I want to share with you. Many years ago when I was in high school we had a family cat, Socks. Socks was extremely intelligent and was a loud eater. You always knew when Socks was eating her cat crunchies. I've always been a night owl. Therefore, late at night when the rest of the house was sound asleep, Socks would come into my room and keep me company. I would sit up in my bed, drawing or doing homework. She would jump up at the foot of my bed, walk up my blanket and then lay down between my knees. This was our routine. Then one day, much to our family's devastation, our beloved cat was killed by a car on a rural road. We could not find her for days. Once we finally found her, we were able to say our goodbyes and put her to rest. Fast forward a few days. I was in my bedroom, and I heard a distinct crunching sound coming from the kitchen, as if Socks was having her cat crunchies dinner. Everyone was asleep, and we did not have a new cat yet. It had to be Socks. I smiled and went about my business. A night or two later, I was in the same position, reading in bed for a class. Back then, I liked my blankets to be taut, even when I was in bed. It was late. Something caught my attention in my peripheral vision. I looked up, but I didn't move. Much to my surprise, there at the foot of my bed, I see little paw-sized indentations. I watched as the indentations walked up my blanket and then, just as she had always done, Socks settled down and laid between my knees. It was not just that I saw the indentation, it was as if her body was there. I could feel the weight of my cat settle and watch the blankets sink in where my Socks would always keep me company at night. I was freaked out but not too bad, it was just my cat. Still, the idea was pretty freaky. I calmly said, Socks, I know that it is you, but you're kind of freaking me out right now. And just like that, she was gone. The weight on my blanket disappeared. She was gone. I regret that now. I could have had a cool ghost cat hanging around at me each night. On the weekends, my family members would stay up late too. But we had to be exceptionally quiet in our room so my dad could sleep. Discussing with my sisters what I had seen and heard a few days later... They too had heard her crunching on her food in the kitchen. Though nobody else got the late night visit that I did. I should also note that the house was haunted by someone else. About 40 years before we moved in there, our house we moved into had burned down. It took the owner with it. That guy still haunts that house. But he stayed mostly in one place, the oil and water cellar. And he didn't venture out much. And he never bothered anyone. Everyone knew he was there though, we could all feel him. 
we did not like going into the area he hung out in. Spiders, obviously, and, well, a ghost. But when your ass is hiding from a tornado potentially hitting your house, hiding in the old, dry water and oil cellar with a harmless ghost seems like a safer option. On a side note, tornadoes are awesome but also fucking terrifying. When I was a little girl, my dad's siblings bought a large old house together to live in while they were in college. I thought this was the coolest house in the whole world because my uncles lived there and my uncles and aunts knew how to have fun. But there was always a creepy scariness to the house. It was all over the house. But each of the four floors had its own hot spots, concentrated amounts of energy that nobody wanted to come face to face with. Later on in adulthood, my sister's parents and I all discussed the house. And much to my surprise, we all named exactly the same hot spots where the spirit energy was at its worst. When I was a child though, my parents would tell me it was just my imagination and were lying to me so that I would not get scared. This was a very old, large house, built in one of Cincinnati, Ohio's older parts of town, Clifton. The house had a large backyard and was built into the hillside. It was all pretty steep. This house, for as long as I could remember, had been haunted by either evil spirits, angry spirits, or angry evil spirits. Then it was my time to go to college. I went to the same college my uncles went to, so I needed to live close by. I moved into this house, forgetting how disturbing it was to spend time there. There was the attic where I found a disembodied mannequin head at around age four and it scared the shit out of me. But the attic was then finished and made into two very nice big bedrooms. The whole attic was haunted, one of the worst places in the house. Then the floor with the main bedrooms on it. The small room leading up to the attic was haunted often and if not there, they really liked to watch me and mess with me in my bedroom. But the main haunting on that floor was the small connecting room. On the main living floor, the door leading to the basement was frightening. The energy oozed and crept out of it. There was also the dartboard closet in the dining room which was haunted as fuck. The kitchen was okay, but it seemed to like to give the creeps in the half bathroom just off the side of the kitchen. And the backyard even though nobody was even remotely close to the house. It always felt as though an angry presence was looking in at you in the kitchen. The backyard? Haunted. I hated playing back there. And the front porch area? Haunted. It is like those small areas that I mentioned, such as the closet and the one-half bathroom, as well as the small connection room, were all the paths the spirits would take from moving from floor to floor. Never on the steps, never in the hall or the living room, or even the main bathroom. But the worst room in the whole house is where this brief story takes place. And you can say, well, it's a basement. All basements are creepy now, aren't they? No. There's creepy and then there's this basement. Or the portal to hell. And for the record, cleanses had been done multiple times by people who knew what they were doing. It never worked on these supernatural assholes. Must have done the wrong kind of cleanse or something. Maybe their sage was old, I don't know. Anyway, this basement was old and dark and leaky with bits of broken things and old concrete and old wooden shelves. But in the far corner of the basement, directly to the corner of the dryer was the hillside. So this was all underground. There was an old door wrapped in plastic with broken panes of glass completely broken down, but also completely protected, leading, I can only assume, into the dirt of the hillside. 
Not even my uncles knew what was behind that door. They never messed with it. Probably because it was scary as fuck. It led to nowhere. It was all underground. I refused to go down into the basement unless I had company on the phone or in person. But I did have to go down there regularly because that was where the laundry machines were. I had a cat at the time, Lady. Lady was super chill, nothing ever got to her. And she was my little shadow. She followed me and kept me company everywhere. And it is because of her that I knew something horrible and frightening showed up behind me. This was 20 years ago, but I remember it like yesterday. My cat had lived in haunted houses with me before. The ghosts never bothered her. But this time was different. She reluctantly followed me down the basement steps where I reluctantly went to do my laundry. I was switching the loads over in the dryer when I looked down at her and she was staring right past me, just past my head, looking up, looking in the direction of that scary-ass door. She started to hiss and yowl. Lady's tail became huge and all her fur stood on end. She arched her back, yowling and hissing like she had to defend herself and warning me that true danger was directly behind me. She was terrified. The cat doesn't understand that I cannot see what she was seeing. But I could feel that fucker though, whatever it was. But I couldn't see it. Like a bolt of lightning, she shot out of the basement and up the stairs faster than anything I've ever seen. She had never reacted that way before. And after that day, she's never reacted that way again. She also never went into the basement again. I screamed and ran up the steps after my cat and waited for someone else to come and finish the laundry. I will never forget that day, and I will never forget the horrible energy in that house. I still have nightmares about having to go back there for one reason or another. My current house is clean, happy, with a light energy. I love my home. It's an old building, and it has seen a lot of life over the years. I have an attic. The attic steps are behind a door in the bedroom, and the attic in this home is a peculiar space. I believe it tends to be busy. Busy with spirits and energy that is not mine, but none of it is bad or malicious. I make jokes about it, actually. I compare my attic to a spiritual bus station. Spirits coming and going, but nobody sticks around for very long. And if I open my bedroom door leading up to the attic, the energy kind of disappears. Like they know I don't want them there and I'm uncomfortable with them there. So for the duration that I'm in the attic, the spirits stay out. How kind of them. I'm on the second floor. The ceilings are high and there is no working doorbell. I cannot hear anyone knocking on my door on the street. It would have a different sound anyway, the building is solid brick. The interior doors of my apartment are cheap, hollow, thin wooden doors. The door out on the street is heavy, old and solid wood with thick glass in it. Again, I cannot hear it if someone is there. My boyfriend and I were in my bedroom. We had just brought down all the Christmas decorations and I began to monkey with the boxes. He lay down on the bed, which is in the middle of the room. He could not touch either wall or the door. We were talking and I was watching him talk to me as I untangled some garland, when all of a sudden, there came four knocks. Four loud, distinct knocks that came from the other side of my attic door. It is a very distinct sound. Nothing else at all in our home makes a sound even remotely similar to this. My boyfriend and I both heard it. And since I was talking to him, I could see that he did not knock on the door. He was just as stunned as I was about the whole thing. Later, he completely denied it because he could not rationalise it. 
That weekend, I went to a spiritual woman who sells crystals and loads of other things for cleansing and protecting your space. I told her what happened, about the energy in the attic with the knocks. She recommended specific crystals. I placed some around my house, but one very special crystal in the attic at the top of the steps. The crystals still sit where I put all of them, especially the one in the attic. She said it is like an energy sign that basically says, do not enter, no trespassing. Since then, nobody has tried to visit. And finally, I believe I also had a very brief, very distant UFO sighting. At this time, drones did not exist yet. Far away in the night sky, it looked like three stars flying together from three different corners of the sky. They slowly flew towards each other until they formed a small triangle. They hovered in this position for a second or two, not moving. And then, in an instant, they shot out each in the direction they had flown from and disappeared. But it happened in a split second, it was so fast. And the nature of it did not suggest anything I could think of that would be man-made. It was too fast. And nothing that we make that I know of can hover like that without moving just to completely reverse course and disappear in the blink of an eye. And I don't know what else it would be. So let's start with the alien story and just get it out of the way. And I mean that with the most respect possible. Because I hate UFO stories. That's not a government kept secret. But you know what is a government kept secret? All this stuff that does be flying around in the night sky. Okay? I'm not really a conspiracy theory person. Like I enjoy them for entertainment value. But uh, I, I'm telling you the government is holding. Like government. As in, when I say the government. I think I mean like pretty much all governments are holding on to some secrets about military weapons. Or aircraft that they've developed. Or aliens. Because they just you just wouldn't have so many people having these really similar encounters all over the world where they're seeing these things in the sky that are doing crazy maneuvers. It just blows my mind. Blows my mind. I loved the cat story and I think I would be the same though. I don't think you should ever beat yourself up about being like, oh, I wish I hadn't told it I was freaked out because I could have it hanging around. It Regardless of what the nature of the haunting is, it's still going to be freaky a little bit. And I think it's like, it's okay to to, to say hey, I'm not comfortable with this. Can you please go elsewhere? Because I think that's what I'd be doing. I find it totally crazy as well that people live in areas where there's tornadoes and it's just a part of life. Like, I find that completely mad. I remember being in Canada a good few years ago and I got an alert on my phone to say there was a tornado warning. And in my head, I kind of thought that everyone was going to freak out. Like, everyone was going to be running for cover. We were in a restaurant at the time. I thought that the whole place was going to shut down. We'd all be, like, shoved into some sort of shelter under the ground. No, no, everyone just carried on as normal. It was it was mad. It was wild. There was no tornado, as I, I not that I saw anyway. I mean, maybe there was. But um, yeah, I just, it was just totally bonkers. The moral of the story as well is to just keep cats around or horses or dogs because they're always going to know when there's something evil knocking around behind the door that goes into the hillside. You know, they're going to see it. They're going to sense it. Uh, cats in particular, they're not going to hang around and try and protect you. Sorry, sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Those cats are going to be gone. They're going to be running. They're going to be protecting themselves. They're going to be like, sorry, human. I don't give a shit about you. I'm off. What a good idea, though, to go to the crystal lady when you heard the knocks in your bedroom. That is a good idea to just go, OK, I'm going to accept this happened and I'm going to go and get crystals from a lady and I'm going to put some sort of energy out there that's going to protect me. Very good thinking. And story number three comes from Tom. I want to start by saying that I'm quite sceptical about the paranormal. 
I tried to think scientifically and find rational explanations. But I had an experience as a child which I still find hard to be rational about. My childhood home was only around 20 years old when we moved in and it was never anywhere that I felt scared to be alone in. Not then and not since. When I was 11, my grandmother passed away from lung cancer. One night in the week of her passing, I woke from a nightmare which was so vivid I can still clearly remember it. I was walking through a park at night and on a bandstand in the middle of the park, there was a terrifying looking man who looked just like the Babadook from the horror film. But this was 30 years ago, so obviously I wouldn't have known that then. He was conducting an invisible ghost band that stopped playing as I walked by. He turned to me with wild looking eyes and slowly pointed at me as though to mark me for death. After I woke, unable to get this vision from my mind, I didn't want to get back to sleep through fear of him being in my dreams again. So I put my bedside light on and started to read a book. After a few minutes, my eyes were getting heavy and I began to feel sleepy. My breathing felt heavy and the volume of my breath kept waking me from microsleep. I focused on my breath and tried to quieten it, but then I slowly realised something terrifying. It wasn't just my breath. There was something else breathing in the room with me, and as my breathing was decreasing in volume, theirs was increasing as though it was getting closer. I put my hand over my mouth, both in shock, but also to prove to myself that it wasn't me breathing. The breathing got louder, as though it was right at the end of my bed. I can still hear the sound of it now, laboured and wheezy as if from an older person. I had frozen with fear for a moment and couldn't move or breathe. But rather than try to get up and run, I went to pull the duvet over my head. As I pulled the cover, it would not move as though there was a weight on it. But I was looking forward and could clearly see there was nothing there. Out of pure fear, I leapt up out of bed and made for the door which luckily was behind the head of the bed so I wouldn't have to pass where the breathing was coming from. I ran into my parents' room screaming that someone was in my room. My dad was not impressed, noting that it was three in the morning and he had to be up soon, but I knew they were worried for me as I'd never done this before or since. I wouldn't return to my room that night. My dad checked out the room and confirmed there was no one there. They both convinced me that I had a nightmare, was tired, and that I hallucinated the whole thing. I slept in between them in their bed, woke the next day, and told myself mum and dad were right, I had imagined it. I think it was easier to convince myself of that, and then I could go back to sleeping in my room without fear. I put it out of my mind and never had another experience like it. It was only recently, nearly 30 years later, that my mum disgusted, and I let myself fully remember. I know now my mum wouldn't allow me to be scared as a child by agreeing that she believed that someone was in my room, but I can tell from her manner without saying it directly that she believes that my gran had called in to say goodbye. I can't help but try and be logical. Maybe I was tired and hearing things. Maybe the duvet cover was trapped at the end of the bed. But why would my gran scare me like that? But it's also comforting to think that perhaps she just called on me to see me one last time and my being scared was just a natural response to the supernatural. Okay, Tom, I'm not trying to make light of your situation with your grandmother and your grandmother's passing, because that is obviously very sad, and it is, as always, as we always say on the show, it is always very comforting to know that loved ones can come back and say goodbye around the time of their passing, just before their passing, or after their passing. But I think we need to start a petition. I don't know who to send the petition to, 
Can we get enough signatures that it gets discussed in government, in parliament? What is it, 10,000 signatures that you need? We need a petition to force the dead to reassess their methods by which they communicate with the living. Because even though it's very nice to know that your grandmother had come back to say goodbye to you and sat on the end of your bed, you probably could have done without the scary breathing. I know it was probably part of her condition. I understand that. Maybe it was her way of communicating that it was her that was there with you. But that is terrifying. Imagine hearing the sound of your own breath and then you realise it's not your breath getting louder. It's something else breathing in the room with you. We need to get that petition going. We need to get it signed. The petition to make the dead reassess how they communicate with the living because folks it is not working it is not working and string number four comes from Brittany. i've been interested in the paranormal since i was five years old having my first real experience when i was 13 i'm 30 now and i've had way too many to count but this one changed my life for the better i'm the eldest of eight grandchildren on my dad's side Because of this, I considered myself to be the closest with my granddad. I spent my childhood and teenage years at his feet, listening to his war stories and soaking in the walking history book that he was. He was ex-military, having served in Vietnam, and because of this, he was bound to a wheelchair. Papa was a no-nonsense gentleman, but always had a soft spot for his grandkids. Sadly, he passed away at the age of 71 in January of 2016, after a brief hospital stay and my heart shattered that cold rainy day and I haven't been the same since. He was always so supportive of me and was one of the two most supportive people in my life when I found myself pregnant two months after my 18th birthday and I will forever be grateful that my son got to know this man. He was truly a one of a kind pawpaw. It was after this experience that I began to question life after death. After his passing, I spent the following several months questioning what happens when we die, and life in general. Until one night, about eight months after his passing, I dreamt of him. I will never be able to convey in words how I felt about this dream. In my dream, I was standing in his hospital room, but his bed was empty. I walked over to the window, and the sun shone so brightly that I had to shield my eyes. Looking out, I saw the most beautiful green rolling hills covered in every flower you could imagine, surrounded by lush clover. The window was open and I could physically feel the coolest, most calming breeze on my face. Then from behind me I heard him. Hey Britlou, the name he always called me. I turned around and there he was. A somewhat younger version of himself with his white glow around him, no wheelchair in sight and wearing the same red and blue flannel jacket that he always wore. I ran to him as fast as I could and he wrapped me in the warmest hug I've ever received. I inhaled his signature scent of sweet pine like cologne and tobacco. It was so incredibly real. With tears streaming down my face, he said, Please always remember I never truly left you. And then I woke up. I believe with all of my being he visited me that night to comfort me and let me know that he's okay. I struggled so hard with his death and I'm bawling typing this, but I wanted to get my story out there for others who may have had a similar experience. To this day, when I think of him, or have a particularly rough day, I receive little nods that he's with me and always will be. Okay, so maybe we can change the petition to read. A petition to have the dead reassess how they communicate with their loved ones, except for Brittany's grandfather, because that that story was lovely. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Amanda, Indigo, Tom and Brittany for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from October the 28th, 2021. If you would like to know anything about Real Life Ghost Stories, you can check out reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are feeling desperate for more content, you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, including all of the main and mini episodes ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.